Today on the Give First podcast, it's my friend and amazing founder, Kirill Bigai of Preply. He's going to talk about building Preply into the pretty large company it is today, about 700 employees. They raised $170 million. More importantly, they built an amazing product that I'm a huge fan of. We're going to tell you the story and some of the challenges in building the company right now here on the Give First podcast. Hi, everyone. This is David Cohen, and I'm here with my amazing co-host, Brad Feld. Hey, Brad. And this is the Give First podcast. And in the startup world, Give First means simply trying to help anyone, especially entrepreneurs, without any expectation of getting anything back. So we'll be talking to mentors and founders about what Give First looks like in action and how it makes great entrepreneurship possible. We polled everyone, and they said consistently that their favorite part of the show was the legal mumbo-jumbo. So here it is. The following discussion is an expression of personal opinion and does not represent the opinion of Techstars or any company we discuss. Our conversations for informational purposes only, including any mention of securities or funds. This is not legal business investment or tax advice and is not intended for use by any investor. Certain of Techstars funds own or may own in the future securities in some of the companies discussed in this podcast. Got it? Kirill, thanks for joining us on the Give First podcast. Really excited, excited to talk to you today. Thank you for having me, David. It's, uh, it's exciting. You know, when you're a customer, uh, I'm a customer on Preply. I, I've, I've done, I don't know, 40 or so Spanish tutoring sessions. Um, it's really fun to be able to do a podcast with someone you met a long time ago, Techstars Berlin 2015, if I have it, my memory serves. Uh, and then, you know, watching you build this incredible uh, business at Preply and and then reconnecting again and telling you, hey, I'm a customer and I love your product. So this is this is really fun for me. I hope it'll be fun for you, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Those are, you know, the best moments when uh, someone is using your product and happy with that. This is this is really great. It feels amazing. Terrific product. Life changing. Love love the tutor I work with. And um uh, I'm getting pretty good at Spanish, I have to say. It's uh, you know, I'm I'm ready to take my intermediate test, and maybe I'll try another language, or maybe in the future, practice something nice. else on Preply. Um, tell us a little bit about the company, just super high level. You know, where things are at today, and then we'll rewind and, and maybe talk about history a bit. But tell us about Preply today. Uh, Preply today is the largest platform for uh, life language uh, learning, and we believe that uh, language learning um, can be much more efficient than it, it is today. Um, and we invest in building the largest network of tutors and support them with AI tools to help them to bring the best experience for learners and help them to learn faster. The last time I read something, I was 35,000 tutors. Is that about right? Or probably more by now? Yeah, it's 40,000 now active tutors who are having classes monthly. And then just so people understand the shape and size of the business, um, you're, what, around 500 employees today? Is that roughly right? I think we're 650. We're going to okay. be 700 this quarter. That's the beautiful thing about startups. Whatever number you have, it's it's already wrong because you're just growing and growing. Um, so amazing. So let's rewind uh, maybe to around uh, 2015 when you were uh, applying to Techstars, you know, Talk about the business at that point. I know Simeon uh, Dukach, who uh, has been around Techstars for a long time, a good friend of mine, uh, was already involved with the company. But talk about 
2015, maybe the period of time getting into Techstars and, and sort of where you were at that moment? Yeah, uh, well, I, I now remember that uh, it, it was it was still very, very challenging moments, I, I guess. So we were bootstrapping this business when we returned back from the U.S. And for a few years, we've been in Kiev, three co-founders. We just hired our first engineer um, and it was 2015. 2014 was very challenging as well. So in Ukraine, we've had a uh, revolution. Uh, then there was invasion uh, by Russia, the first one. Um, and uh, and uh, in 2015, we changed a little bit our business model. And actually, we started seeing uh, revenue growth and very good one. Um, and we were quite excited about it. And I remember we met with uh, Simon and Evelyn, um, who was also another early advisor of ours um, in Kiev. Uh, we had a breakfast and Simeon suggested that we should go to Techstars uh, because he feels the company is on the right uh, level and we need to have a boost to get it to Series um, A. And uh, we really liked the, that idea. Um, we applied to Techstars Berlin uh, and in some period of time we were selected you know, to go for the final interviews. Um, and I remember that uh, I received an advice that you know one thing that can strengthen our uh, our, our admission, uh, is it the right word? Admission? Uh, application, yeah. Application, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I still improving my English. Uh, it's pretty good, Kiro. I think you're you're doing all right. Yeah, you haven't heard me in 2015 <laughs> <laughs> when I was applying. It was much worse. Um, but yeah, I think one advice was that a good referral can help. Um, and I asked one of our early investors, uh, Dan Pasco, to write something about Preply. Um, and he wrote a very long email uh, to Jens Lapinski. At that time, he was working in private equity. And, uh, and uh, what he wrote was basically about our stubbornness that we refused to give up, uh, give up a few times when we already kind of had a bad uh, business, but we still decided to pivot and go to another idea. And uh, now we see a growing business. And uh, I remember... Through the program with Jens uh, on one of the uh, Thursday Thursday when we had drinks, uh, Jens helped. Uh, Jens shared with me that that email really helped. He really liked the the company. He would invest anyway, but that email actually made him even more confident. Yeah, it's amazing when somebody goes out of their way not just to send a basic recommendation, but to actually share in, in detail why they think you're such a great company. And and that, by the way, is one of the traits I've learned is just you know, these are unstoppable founders. You're, you're one of them, right? Like they're going to do this and they're going to be really resilient and get through all the hard times, which we'll talk about a little bit here on the show. But what was the pivot in that moment? Uh, what was the change in the business right around that time? Um, I, I think one of the largest change of the business was changing the business model. We started doing recurring payments. Before that, it was lead generation. And I think even more important change was that we were, um, we were, we start, we decided to go global and we decided to scale internationally before that majority of customers were in Ukraine. And step-by-step, step step, we started, you know, launching new markets and new language versions. And I think, you know, during Techstars and after Techstars, very shortly, international revenue became the major, um, basically the majority of our revenue. Um, that was, yeah, interesting moment for us, for sure. 
And I imagine it was sort of a marketplace, right? You're, you're connecting tutors with learners, right? And yes. you had to figure out how do I, you know, you have 40,000 of these tutors today, but you had to figure out how do I get all these people? And they're probably not the easiest people to reach, right? They're, they're all working locally and, you know, maybe have their own clients. How, how do you, how did you build up this amazing community of, of tutors to then attract the students? Like you've, you've got so many of them. How did you do that over time? Yeah. I like this story when we, about the times when we started. So we basically had two products before and we failed them. So we decided to return back to Kiev, start from scratch. And the way we started was very different from the previous times. Instead of building, you know, a full-fledged product, what we decided to do, we decided to launch uh, a landing page. Uh, we built it in a day. And, uh, you know, there was a simple form. If you want a tutor, you know, give me your phone number and I'll call you back. And I just started calling back, you know, to every single uh, customer. We run Google Ads for that. It was, we, 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 we didn't look at Uniconomics. For us, it was important to talk to real customers. And when I understood what, what customers needs, I would go to the internet and would manually look for different tutors, would call them and would explain that they have potential customer. So and in, a, in, a, in a period of months, we get our first um, 100 uh, tutors to platform. Um, and we basically manu manually facilitated those relationships in the beginning. Um, yeah. And then we started step by step improving the platform, um, you know. We create registration for tutors, then tutor profile, then search of tutors. So it was very interesting uh, process. And I, I would definitely, I mean, these times it's called concierge MVP, like a fancy name. At that time, we didn't know this term. We were just, you know, doing as uh, we, we thought would be the fastest way to reach customers. Right. You invented that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think so, but you, you, but... you, pr you practiced it before it had a name. I, I got, it. and I, I find that, you know, look, it's, it's really just talking to customers, listening to customers. I love uh, one of the stories I've, I've heard uh, about, you know, sort of when you were early on, you know, talking to these tutors and, and trying to, you know, build relationships, really trying to be helpful to them and kind of give first to them. Maybe talk about, you know, what you thought you could, you could bring to them rather than just trying to convince them to be a customer. Yeah. Well, I, I think the whole motion in the beginning was really give first. First of all, we were calling to tutors, you know, by ourselves and we were offering them a customer, right? So uh, straight away, take the customers, pay us later. Uh, that was type of relationships. But also very early, we decided to invite, um, we were quite inspired by Airbnb uh, example, when they went to different hosts in New York and actually make photos of their apartments. And we started inviting our tutors to our small office. And we actually helped, we actually did the photo shooting for them and video shooting. So they can put this, you know, on their social networks and on Preply um, uh, platform as well. And we built quite good relationships with them. Um, I gave them my personal phone number. So they would call me. They would complain about the product or some customer. And it really, really helped because, you know, those relationships were super, super valuable. And over time, we were able to very quickly iterate on the platform. I love uh, when I hear stories of, of building your customer base, your marketplace, using these sort of give first tactics. People always ask me, you know, how, how do you do this? And they say, well, you know, we have freemium software, right? We give it away for free and there's real value. Yeah, that's a form of give first. But I think what you're doing, what you're describing 
you know, sort of the Airbnb example or taking their headshots so they look more professional in their ad or bringing them their first customer. Those are those are even better examples of give first because it, it sort of creates a loyalty, right? This because Absolutely. one of the one of the challenges you have with marketplace platforms is people going off platform, right? The platform has to provide enough value for them to want to keep those relationships on the platform. And I think the better relationship you have with them, the more you give to them, the easier it is for them to stay. So I assume that's been a big part of the formula. It sounds like it has. For sure. For sure. I think in the beginning, uh, we built a very good relationship with many tutors. Over time, we, of course, evolved. And, you know, we built our marketplace to make sure that um, tutors are incentivized to build ratings on Preply. And um, this platform represents them and uh, uh, the better rating they have, the more customers they will have, the more exposure. And I think that's, you know, the right way to build a marketplace to incentivize your supply to be on the platform. Well, I, I take your word for it because it's obviously doing great growing like crazy. Um, you've attracted a large amount of capital from investors. You've got a, a large employee base and it seems like the sky's the limit. What, what, what's the future? I mean, right now you've been pretty focused on language and I know, you know, you'll, you think practice makes possible for, for any kind of learning. Where will it go from here? Uh, we are very focused on language uh, learning today. We are going much deeper there and we started introducing you know, AI tools for tutors and learners to actually help them uh, during their learning process. Um, and uh, yeah, we believe that we can significantly improve um, uh, how people learn languages and make it the most efficient way to learn. Um, and yeah, I think that we, we, we closed Series C extension uh, this year. Um, as of now, we don't have plans for the next fundraising. Um, and our goal is to go public at some point of time, which we are very excited about. Um, and we are working towards that goal or milestone, let's say. Awesome. Well, you mentioned the Series C. I, I, uh, yeah, I think it was ended up being $120 million or something. So hopefully that lasts yes. you a little while. Uh, I know it was originally a $50 million round. And I, I know you have some sort of an interesting thing was happening, um, you know, a sad thing as well during that fundraise that created some challenges. Maybe talk a little bit about what was going on during your Series C when you set out to raise the $50 million that eventually turned into 120 So it ends well, but but what were the challenges in that fundraise? Yeah, I think Series C round was an interesting one. So we had... Um, quite a lot of demand from investors um, and uh, everything was going very well. Um, and we had like, you know, two weeks before signing all the final documents. So everything was done, due diligence was done. And at that time, uh, the war broke. So Russia invaded Ukraine. And yeah, it's the most challenging times uh, in my life because, you know, it was, it was a lot of things happening on a personal level, a lot of things uh, happening on, in, 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 in business as well. We had 150 uh, employees in Kyiv and uh, we had to evacuate them from Kyiv to a safer location. Um, and there were some investors who decided to, you know, uh, to not invest. So we had to replace them very, very quickly. Um, we had high confidence in majority of the investors in the round. So in the end, it was quite good. But, you know, those, those two weeks were quite, quite stressful. Um, and everything was happening at the time, evacuation of family, evacuation of prep players, you know, personal uh, feelings about everything that was uh, happening um, um, and, and still happening. 
um, and closing the round. Uh, it followed by global crisis. Uh, and before that, we had COVID. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, difficult period of time, personally and professionally. And, yes. you know, it, it, it's, um, as you said, ongoing. And so wishing, obviously, the best uh, for, for family and, and everyone involved with the company, the tutors, the employees that I'm, I'm sure are still very connected to what's happening there. Um, but that, you know, somehow you got through that uh, and you ended up, you know, replacing those investors, closing that 50 million. And then you just mentioned the extension. So there's been so much demand in the company. You've been able to to sort of grow that and, and really have, I would expect plenty of capital now to, to sort of, you know, keep building and keep doing great things. So that's an awesome ending to a story that I'm sure had its ups and downs. Yes, yes, absolutely. I'm, I'm very lucky to already at that time had a, having a very senior leadership team who were extremely helpful, you know, on all the matters. And yeah, I, I feel we only became stronger through challenging times um, as a team, as a, as a company. Well, let's talk about the culture of, of Preply a little bit uh, internally with your team. And I, I, I think recently you had culture days um, yes. internally where you sort of, uh, you know, get everybody together and, and sort of hype them up and share the message. What Talk a little bit about building the culture. I think it's one thing founders are always really interested in when things work. Uh, usually it's about more than money. It's about changing the world in some way. Uh, what are the values over at Preply and how are you been able to attract such great people how do you keep promoting those values over time? Yeah, I, I think I think we were lucky to start thinking about um, our values quite early in the in the journey. Um, so back in two thousand fifteen, when we were in TechStars, we introduced our first uh, values, um, and uh, recently we we did an upgrade. So we probably we probably would upgrade values every like two to three years as company evolved and as we understood ourselves better as we understood what we are lacking better and what would help us to be successful uh today we have uh 10 principles uh that are grouped by three big categories and the categories are being ambitious being bold and uh, collaborate um and each of the groups have a few principles so in ambition principle, we, we have principles like care to change the world. It's really care about the craft that you are doing, and that's what helps you to change the world via Preply. Uh, we do it for learners, really big focus on our tutors community, and together with them, we want to improve um, um, the experience for learners and keep perfecting, um, basically being ambitious in how we perfect every single piece of our journey. Um, by being bold, we mean that now is the time. So there is a lot of urgency and speed. Uh, discipline execution is basically what we want, what, what we say we are going to do, we are going to do it. And we want to do it in a very disciplined way and try to uh, focus and you know not do anything that is not our goal. Um, and deep dive, which means uh, being able to dive deeper and connect details to a more high level, strategic level. Um, and collaboration is about growth mindset, being able to continuously raising the bar for your talent, for talent around yourself and hiring a new talent, um, challenge, disagree and commit, which basically um, incentivize everyone to speak up and challenge, you know, uh, anyone in the organization. But at, at some moment when we need to make a decision, we should disagree and commit to the direction. 
uh, and one preply that we prioritize collaboration, inclusion, and we move as a one team. Awesome. I love the disagree and commit. We use that one at Techstars as well, because as you get bigger, not everyone is going to agree. You want to make sure people are heard. Uh, But the the real key word is commit, even though you didn't get the way you wanted it to be, you you commit to the decision that is made. And there's no I told you so's. Uh, that's one of my favorite ones. You you mentioned that they've evolved. You've cha- you sort of changed them. And a lot of people think, oh no, values. You know, when a company is born, they have to be set and they can never be changed. And I don't think that's true. I, I see them evolve a lot, and they usually are evolutions. They're not typically. You know, we threw out our values. Uh, you know, they're, they're really fine tuning them and articulating them better. Is that, is that what you felt like happened at Preply? Like, oh, yeah. how are they, Absolutely. how are they different from kind of the values you started with? Absolutely. I think that, you know, they evolved uh, over time, um, mainly because we also, as, you know, founders and as a team, way evolving. And uh, I, I think what also happening is it's not only driven by founders, in the beginning, yes, but as you grow, you hire very good professionals, you enhance your leadership team, and they each bring something new to the company. And then you suddenly see, okay, that's what we were missing, right? And that's what should become you know, our new values. And I am going to commit to this value as well. So it's also evolution of every founder and trying you know, to see um, uh, best, um, best treats and what works for the company and company mission. And how how does that show up? Um, I know a lot of people listening are, you know, values. Yeah, we have our own values and it's so hard to get everyone on the same page. You had this culture days, you know, what are the tactics you're using? How do you drive these values into people and and reinforce them? Uh, Yeah, I would say that it consists from a few things. So first of all, when we work on values, we create a different focus groups and we also ask all the organization. So it's not, you know, uh, it's not me alone thinking about what the next values should be. We actually crowdsource quite a lot and involve a lot of people. Um, I think the second part is to be able to really do it very well um, on copy and really crystallize what you mean by every single uh, principle. We recently invited um, a very nice speaker, Erin Mayer, who wrote a book, uh, no rules, uh, rules together with Ritz Hessing. And one of your advice was to always see the dilemma behind the principle. Each principle should have a dilemma uh, that you that that gives you kind of a compass, a direction. You know what direction you should go, left or right. And I think that's another what another good advice. And if you can articulate it very well for uh, for your uh, company, that would be very good. And I think the last is just uh, operationalizing it, including it in, into hiring the in, into hiring process, into performance review. So basically, you know, all the organization needs to evaluate each other uh, regularly every quarter, and based on that, there would be promotions, salary raises. So it becomes you know a part of the of the company operations, and you cannot really escape it. Um, yeah. So that's how you. you th- that's what I would say inspire continuous talk about values and better understanding them right works better than some posters on the wall i imagine just say the values and people walk around and see them they they live them in their everyday work and they're reinforced by the people they're working with um i know you also have a unique philosophy about interviewing people you you, you've interviewed a lot so seven eight hundred people now on the team when somebody comes to preply and they want a job and you're interviewing them how do you think about that 
first of all, I think that the, the very first um, part that I would like to uh, to do is to, you know, in a way, give first and explain what the company is about, what is our history, what we stand for, and answer any question from potential uh, employee that I'm interviewing. Um, and only after that, uh, you know, I start asking my questions. Um, and yeah, I like, I really like to understand first what's going to be the goal of this role for the next two years and what are the key, um, uh, let's say, key treats and experiences that this person uh, needs to have and uh, try to understand how I can check them through the interview process. Um, there's also a very nice book that I remember I, I follow quite a bit. I think it's called A-Team. Uh, was a really good TV show that we had here in America, but maybe it's this is a different book. I think. Yeah, I think it's a different book. I, I need to re- <laughs> remind myself about the name. We'll put it in the show notes for people so that they have it. I'll, I'll follow up with you, and we'll put it in the notes that we include. One thing I get asked all the time is how people can best take advantage of being in TechStars. Do you have any advice as someone who went through it uh, years ago? Uh, yeah, I my advice generally to everyone who who would ask is that you have to be super active. It's up to you to take everything TechStars can can offer. And you know, I I remember our mentor madness days. You know, when when we met so many mentors. You know, and I think it's up to you to follow up and build those relationships. And through those relationships, relationships, uh, Preppy was able to you know build a very good network um, in Europe and US. Uh, but it was up to us um, how to build them. And yeah, I would just say that you need to commit to those uh, to, to the program and really be very proactive trying to take maximum payments. Awesome. Super helpful. I, I was actually just on a different call teaching angel investing to a bunch of people. And I said, you know, it's it, the commitment and consistency is what matters, right? Uh, if you want to be a great angel investor, you need to be committed to it. So same thing, taking advantage of, of what Techstars offers, show up and, and really take advantage of it. Good advice. Um, but look at a high level, uh, awesome to catch up with you, hear the story, uh, hear how, how, how the give first sort of mentality of, of the Techstars program still lives on and properly. That's really cool. And, you know, I, uh, I, I have to admit as I, as I listen to you talk, um, I do what a lot of language learners do. Apparently I'm, I'm translating what you're saying into Spanish as best I can, oh, nice. because that's a way that I learn. And I, I find that I'm doing that all the time now, and I'm really enthusiastic about learning Spanish. I think a big part of that is just uh, the tutor and, and Preply, you know, helping me do that, and you know, the way that the way that you learn on there. So anybody that wants to learn a language, I'm a huge fan. I encourage you to check it out and, and go use it if you're not already. Um, great product, um, great value, and Kirill, it's awesome to catch up with you um, to hear how far you've come, and I, I know you have a long way to go still. Uh, so excited maybe to read about an IPO someday, uh, to read about you, uh, you know, crossing, I don't know, 50, hundred thousand tutors. It's, it's all going to happen. Uh, it's been really fun being a part of the story and thanks for sharing some of it with us here today on Give First. Thank you very much, David. It was uh, incredible to be with you, um, on the show. Uh, Texas play, played a huge role in our journey and, uh, it was definitely a game changer for us. So we are very grateful to be part of this community and, uh, yeah, if uh, would be very happy to help in any way we can. Thanks. Always fun to hear when people like your product, as you said earlier. So thanks for thanks for everything. Thanks a lot for listening to the show today. We'd love to hear your feedback, ideas, 
or who you'd like to hear next on Give First. And please leave a rating and review, ideally a good one, and reach out anytime to podcasts at techstars.com or on Twitter, I'm at David Cohen. See you next time. Don't forget, give first. <laughs>